you're, 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 you're listening to the podcast for all of the news, notes, and breakdowns for your Ohio State Buckeyes. This is Sons of the Shoe with Nick Wilson and Spencer German. We are back. We are back. The Sons of the Shoe is back. Nick Wilson, Spencer German. Hey there. Hi there. Hello there, college football and Buckeye Nation. We have a loaded program for you today, but as always, we are a new show. Please make sure to rate, follow, subscribe, and download the Sense of the Shoe podcast wherever you get your your podcasts. And of course, today, Spencer, we start with the Marvin Harrison situation. Both the Heisman this weekend, and obviously, he is one of the finalists in New York City, one of four finalists. And then we also have to get into some of the whispers about trying to lure the man back into Columbus with a lot load, a boatload of NIL money. I guess we'll start with a Heisman Spencer. One, hello. Two, um, how do you feel about the Heisman hopes of Marvin Harrison this week? Yeah, I I think... um... I think I'm at, I think I'm looking at it very pragmatically. Like I, I think he, he would have a shot if it were, if, if things had ended differently in the Michigan game, we've talked about that a lot. Um, if he, you know, if that last drive comes down to Marvin Harrison scoring a touchdown to win the game. And I think maybe that's like the biggest thing he's missing because I think when you, when you measure him against the other candidates on this list. I mean, Jaden Daniels has kind of been the leader in the clubhouse from a Vegas standpoint. And I I think he might be the one who probably wins it, even though LSU had a three loss season. Um, But like Bo Nix and everything that he did with his team and Oregon was on the brink of being a playoff team. And then Michael Penix, who the one quarterback on the list who his team is actually in the playoff. Um, But if you, if you take away just like the statistical aspects of it, which yeah, that matters. But if you, if you look at it as the Heisman being like an MVP award, essentially for college football, who was the most valuable player to their team, I think Penix obviously has an argument. I think Bo Nix obviously has an argument. I think Jaden Daniels has an argument as well. But I, I think given what Ohio State had a quarterback this year with, with Kyle McCord, the limitations that he presented, you'd be hard-pressed to tell me that there wasn't a player who meant more to their team's success than Marvin Harrison Jr. did, especially when you include other factors, Nick, like – the fact that Travion Henderson, who could be a Heisman candidate in his own right if he had been healthy all season, was hurt for long stretches of the season, and that put even more weight on Marvin Harrison Jr. to kind of carry this offense. So I think if you if you strip it down to like that argument, and I understand you're never going to just use one one side of the conversation wholly. There's other things that are that are that it's a puzzle, and there's multiple pieces that all kind of fit together to decide who the Heisman is, and the stats are part of it. Um, but if you if you just stripped it down to like who was the most important to their team, I you'd be hard pressed to tell me that Marvin Harrison Jr. wasn't wasn't maybe at the top of that list. Yeah, well, I, you know it's funny is you mentioned Kyle McCord and how uh, Kyle McCord could have potentially held Marvin Harrison Jr. back. I actually think that is the case. I think I think Kyle's limitations. Um, not not just uh, uh, Marvin, but but Stover and Emeka. Obviously, Emeka had the injury holding him back as well. But like, yeah, I I. But what's funny is I don't think people who kind of vaguely watched Kyle McCord think that Kyle McCord was that bad. And I think I actually think that no. held 
Marvin back. I, I think people looked at the stats of Kyle McCord and they didn't really watch the play. You know, like they explained away McCord's <clears throat> issues, struggles, whatever you want to call that middle of the road performance by saying, well, but he didn't really turn the ball over a lot and he had some touchdowns and you know, this stat and Oh, the end of the Notre Dame game. And it's like, yeah, okay. But if you actually watch the guy, like, I think he hurt Marvin by constantly looking at Marvin and locking in on Marvin. And I think he put Marvin in a situation where Marvin had to almost overcome, not just the coverage he was getting and the focus he was getting from the opposing defense is also fighting against the, the attention he was getting from his own quarterback who was limited in a lot of ways. Yeah, it's interesting. I was trying to do the math on this quickly. If you do the math on how many, how much of the yardage that Kyle McCord had this season, he had one, he had 3,170 yards, I think is what it was off the top of my head. And you percentile it out to what Marvin Harrison's contribution to that was. He accounted for like 38% of mm. Kyle McCord's yardage. Like, like that's, that's pretty remarkable. I, and that's not even counting like the touchdown numbers which Marvin Harrison had 14 of them uh, McCord through. I'm trying to remember off the top of my head how many he threw this season. But either way, like I, I'm assuming it was at least half of that. He had – I got it right here uh, – 24 touchdowns. So he had more than half of his touchdowns too. Like that's that's pretty damn impressive for one guy to sort of carry this offense, especially an offense in, with Ohio State that this continues to bring in the top recruits in the country from, from a wide receiver standpoint. But he really carried that workload. And as I think about it more, like – the two most important players like LSU could have had a three loss season with any of these, like, you know, insert a different quarterback. Who's good. Not maybe as great as Jaden Daniels. And they could have still been a three loss team. Um, I think Oregon, the offense they run, you probably need a very specific player for that. But if you had the right guy, I think they could have still had the season that they had. I would say it's between like Penix and Marvin Harrison jr. For me, in terms of the, the players that had the biggest impact on their team's success. Um, so I think that's an important factor here. I, I, I do think the biggest thing that he's probably missing and you could probably make this case. Like I think this year, Nick, as I kind of talk about this more with you, it doesn't even feel like any of these players have like the full package of what, like, like there's a lot of years that you just know, you just know, like, it's this guy, he's got the stats. He's got the, the moment that, that Heisman moment. With this group, it's kind of like you're missing at least one of those things with each of them. And I think for Marvin Harrison, the one he is missing is that Heisman moment because we were expecting that to be the Michigan game, and obviously that didn't end the way that we wanted it to. So ironically, yeah, ironically, what you just said is why I actually give Marvin an, uh, uh, a minuscule chance to actually come away with the award. Now I say minuscule, I mean like 20% chance. And it is because like you can poke a hole in any one of these candidacies. Yeah. And I, I think unfairly or fairly or unfairly, the Pac-12 quarterbacks will split votes. So it's tough for me to see either one of them winning. And and by the way, I, if it's not Marvin, to me, it's Michael Penix Jr. But, I I, but again, he plays at Washington. Uh, the selection committee doubted Washington until like two weeks ago. And, and I mean, also Vegas doubted him last week. They made him a yeah. nine and a half point. Under. That's fair. Like the, and so like, <laughs> I think, I think that goes against both those quarterbacks and, you know, obviously Jaden, like, I'm sorry. He, he had the 200, 200 yard performance, the two 200 yard performance against Florida. I think any of the other quarterbacks we've talked about would have those same numbers up against that trash ass Florida team. But I think Jaden Daniels plays in, you know, uh, closer to New York City. 
And I think that's going to be the end result. But I think what's interesting about this, just to kind of bring it back to Marvin, is we know it's a quarterback award mostly now. And so that's one part of this and how hard it is to win. The other one is it's also a statistical award. And I think anybody who was on the fence about voting for Marvin would compare his numbers to Devontae Smith in Alabama, devoid of the context of the situation either guy was in and say, well, Devontae had X amount more yards than him. Devontae had X amount more touchdowns. Ergo, he didn't meet that standard, and that's the standard to be the Heisman, which I think, quite honestly, is stupid. Like, yes, Devontae Smith had one, maybe the most impressive statistical season of any wide receiver in college football, but what I would say is that just because somebody's stats don't look exactly like that doesn't mean what Marvin Harrison Jr. did was any less impressive. And certainly... When you then compare that, like to me, the precedence is who is better, Jaden Daniels, uh, Marvin Harrison Jr., Bo Nix, or Michael Penix Jr. And I would say it's it's Marvin, but I think he is going to get caught in both the fact it's a quarterback award and it's a it's a stat award, and his stats just might not be sexy enough to carry non Big Ten markets. Yeah, what's interesting too when you talk about Devonta Smith and the comparison between him and Marvin Harrison if you subtract out the three games, because Devontae Smith, he had his best numbers in the last three games of the season. Two of those don't even get factored into, obviously, the the conversation for Heisman because it's the playoff. And the other one was uh, one game that Marvin Harrison doesn't get in the, the Big Ten championship game. He played in his conference championship game. He had over 500 yards in those three games alone. He also scored in those three games eight touchdowns. So his numbers really are like right on par with what Devontae Smith put up that year in the regular season without a conference championship factored in, which he would have had if they beat Michigan. And then I think like that, and that's why I say like it, it would have been a no brainer that he was it if they beat Michigan, especially if he scores a touchdown on that final drive to seal the deal. I think it's his award to lose coming into this weekend. It just stinks that it's kind of turned oppositely because of, of how that game played out. I, here, fun sort of argument here. Is there a case to be made that Jordan Travis is actually the Heisman? Because the committee basically said that his injury is what changed the entire landscape of the playoff. Like they would have been in the playoff without without with Jordan Travis, most likely. I would not have had a problem if he was one of the five uh yeah. or sorry, one of the four finalists with that. Now the question becomes who do you kick out? I can I think I would kick out the guy that's the favorite to win in a lot of people's yeah. eyes. Yeah. All due respect to Jaden. Um, they were not, you know, one of the biggest criteria on, on, for this award is, are you in the national conversation? And LSU wasn't for 90% of the season. It started with the FSU loss, but I mean, then again, like every time they got back into that conversation or on the periphery of it, they had a big loss or Jaden maybe didn't have the, you know, the greatest game. And I just, it's just weird. It's just a really weird year to have. Um, a Heisman finalist, and I, I hope my I hope Marvin wins it, but I do not expect him to win it. And I and I I will not. Outside of Michael Penix Jr., I probably won't be thrilled with whoever wins it if it's not Marvin. Now, with that being said, we also have the ongoing whispers, rumors, innuendos, fake made up Twitter rumors, or sorry, X rumors <laughs> that uh, that Marvin Harrison Jr. and Travion Henderson could both be enticed to come back to Columbus with just enough of that sweet, sweet, uh, that the sweet milk of NIL money. And Marvin Harrison Jr. today had his pre uh, Heisman finalist uh, 
press conference and was asked about whether he'd come back or not. Here's what he had to say. And we'll get to that. Just one moment. It's coming. Sorry. Yes, it is. Well, that's kind of the one goal that you have, and I'm definitely blessed to be getting all the recognition that I am for you know these different awards and things like that. But I think I would trade it all for a win against the TN North and get to Indy and play the Big Ten Championship. So it's been tough dealing with it, but you know we stick together as a team, you know, as a group. We support each other, lift our heads up, and we just got to move on with life. Figure out how we can get better for next year and um, what we can do to get that win. Yeah, it's tough. So I guess I'll start here because I, I want to separate them out. I think the idea that Marvin Harrison Jr., who is as much of a lock for a top three pick as you can possibly have, would come back to Columbus. And it's not just about foregoing that first contract. It's really about you know moving that, that window for that second contract where he might be making $25 million a year back one year while also assuming the risk of playing in college football again. Um, no, thank you. I, I just think it's I think it's fan fiction. And I, I listen, if he came back, I would not only be shocked, I would be so stoked. But the reality is Kyle McCord is moving on. That is much telegraphed it for me because they're they're boys. And I don't think Kyle would would leave if uh, if Marvel were coming back. But it just doesn't happen. The finances, it would honestly, it'd be fiscally stupid and stupid. Fiscally moronic is probably the better way to put it for Marvin specifically. Travion's a different conversation we'll get to in a second, but it would be fiscally irresponsible and moronic for Marvin to be like, you know what, guys? Can't wait for the NFL, but I got to go beat Michigan. I think fans <laughs> think that way. I don't think businessmen yeah. think that way. Um, yeah, I think the one, the one part of that, clip we played and there was a couple other ones if anybody wants to go out there and look for his his interview um he had a couple other lines he talked about how like the the nil part of it wouldn't necessarily even be the biggest factor for him like the money isn't and to be fair to him i don't know how much this factors in but like this is a guy who grew up in a family with an nfl player like his dad played in the nfl so i don't know that like of all the, there's a lot of players who this is their out right like this is their path to making money and getting out of a, a, a bad situation where their family has none of that for Marvin Harrison. Like he's, he's good. Like I, I'm not saying like, he's just like, you know, living off of his parent, his dad's money. But like, if, if something were to happen and if he were to have like a serious injury that ended his career tomorrow, he, he would be okay. Like, you know, the only thing I would say about that is it, we, we, we use that kind of logic and I'm not saying you are, but we use yeah. that kind of logic for players, but we don't use that kind of thought with billionaires, right? Like, Oh, you know, he's content with yeah, dad's money. Like it's funny, like like Marvin Harrison made good money, but I'm sure if Marvin Harrison Sr. could have his son <laughs> make his own couple hundred million, yeah, yeah. I think I bet you Marvin's like Marvin probably has seen the reality of the NFL more than anyone and the need to get yeah. in there, make money before you have to get out luck, you know, very by true. injury. Yeah, very true. No, and, I, and I'm not trying to imply that like he doesn't want to make his own money or he doesn't you know, think about that. I'm just saying like, there might be other players who are like, I have to go to the NFL. I need this. This is my opportunity. I'm not going to stay and risk an injury. Marvin Harrison, that might not be as much of a factor for him just based on his background. But again, I, I don't want to assume I know what his, what goes through his mind or what his situation is or what he does or doesn't know or feel. Um, but yeah, I, I, I think for him, you're spot on with that second contract. I thought the set, the last, the last part of that comment where he kind of talked about, you know, we just got to go get them next year and we just got to stay focused. Like that's the one thing that gets me a little bit like jazzed up. Like maybe it could happen. Maybe he would stay, but I do think that's just the fan in me 
trying to come out and I'm trying to sort of compress that and say, it's, it's, it's unlikely. Like if, if he actually stayed, I would be absolutely stunned that he made that decision. I, I think it's a foregone conclusion when you're that high of a draft pick and he's likely to go top two, if not top three in the draft. Um, it would seem far-fetched for him to to return just to, like you said, beat Michigan. And I guess there's the, the lure of like trying to chase a national championship with whatever quarterback they were to bring in. But I just I just don't see it. And I'll also say this, Nick, like, yes, the fan of me would love it. Like, it, it's it's not even be – like, I have no ill will towards Marvin Harrison Jr. if he goes pro, whatever. Like, I, it's, it's probably the right thing to do for him. Um, I would love to see him spend another year here because I, I similarly to what he's talking about in that clip, I feel like, man, there is so much more this guy deserved in college football that he's not going to get to achieve because of just the limitations of this year and how things kind of played out. Right. Um, and obviously it sucks that late last year, he missed a shot at the national championship because he got, uh, uh, there was the hit in the game against Georgia that forced him out of it. And that maybe was the difference in the game anyway. Um, but you know, I I just think that um, I think he's trying to say the right things because he he strikes me as that kind of person. Like I think he he is very humble for the type of player and skill that he has. He's always just been that way. He's very soft spoken, and he doesn't really make it about him, even when it is very much about him in a lot of instances for this team. And so I think like he's trying to say the right things and make it clear, like hey. It's not that I don't want to stay at Ohio State. I, I, there, there are other things that I care about here. I just don't think that I can pass this opportunity up. And I think most fans understand that too. Now getting to Travion Henderson real quick here. I actually think there's a case where Travion might decide that coming back is the right move. Now, yeah. I think there, now you can say, you can use the same contractual um, argument with Travion. What I would say is, I don't know where he's going to get drafted. Like if I had yeah. a top 60 pick in the draft, yeah, I think Travion Henderson is a home run hitter in the NFL. But if the because of the injury, if the draft board comes back and says, well, you, you might be the 110th pick. Well, even though you have a shorter contract, a three-year deal as a fourth-round pick, the reality is that money you're going to make over that first three years in the NFL is absolutely – something you can turn down if there's a big NIL package for one year. And then because of that, like you can still say, well, he's delaying that second payday, but it's, it's still like, even if he boosts his stock to a second rounder next year, that's one extra year of a contract. I don't think that's the kind of thing that would hold him back again. I, I still think it's unlikely, but I could actually see Travion a little bit more coming back simply because the injuries that uh, that he had this year and maybe that could yeah. ding his draft stock a little bit well and it's the injuries over the last couple of years like it wasn't just yeah. this year that he was injured too like i he has more to gain by coming back than what marvin harrison jr does it, that, that's the that's the difference right marvin harrison jr has more to lose in the form of well i could get injured again and it could be more serious or i could get injured now it could be serious and then my tracks draft stock goes from a top two pick to maybe you know still a first rounder but later first round and that's that's the difference between a couple million dollars. So, you know, that's a big deal for somebody who can go that high. Um, the, the opposite for Henderson is like he has more to gain by coming back than to lose because we don't really know what his value is at this time. I also I, I want to talk about the NIL side of this for a second, too, because part of the conversation and either of these guys coming back is that you're probably scrounging together with these collectives as much money as possible to convince them like, hey, come back for one more year. We'll pay you ten million dollars. 
I'm curious, Nick, like, is that even a smart idea for Ohio State? Maybe not so much with Henderson because now they've seen some of these running backs out of the portal. We know um, Chip, or, uh, yeah, Chip Trainum entered this week and um, Maya Williams is, is moving on. So it's like he could be the top dog and you wonder if maybe that's where some of these guys are leaving because they realize the writing's on the wall um, that he's going to come back. But like more so even with Marvin Harrison where it's like, do you want Ohio State spending the amount of money it's going to take to convince Marvin Harrison Jr. to stay financially to sort of balance out what he'd make in the NFL, if that's even possible, um, when you know now you need a quarterback? Like if, if that's where your head's at, don't you want as much money as possible to go out and get one of these top flight quarterbacks that's in the transfer portal, whether it's a, a Will Howard or a Cam Ward or uh, Dante Moore? Like, wouldn't you rather see the money go towards that than, than retaining Marvin Harrison Jr. when you know you have another loaded wide receiver class coming in? That is assuming that the Buckeyes are actually going to be going after quarterback in the portal. And that is is where we uh, pause for a second for our uh, sponsors here. Because when we come back, we got to talk about Ryan Day's big day today and what that could mean for the Buckeyes at quarterback next on Sons of the Shoe. 